I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted. I'm Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, Bills Mafia? Welcome into the Staple Show. It is Wednesday, December 13th, 8 p.m., which means shout, a Buffalo football podcast is back in your life. He is Ryan Talbot. I am Matt Perino, and as always, shout is brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. Better meals start with better meats at the, at the best deals in town. Real meat, real butchers. While the other stores have their meat packed in central processing facilities, Tops has real butchers you could trust to serve the very best to your family. Expert butchers hand cut fresh, high quality USDA choice beef and premium pork in store daily. If you don't see what you need, custom cuts and special requests are welcome. Large assortment of all natural grass fed, antibiotic free and plant based options for your family. All right, Ryan Talbot, how are you, my friend? I am doing great, Matt. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. And this is a fun open to the show because we have two huge announcements. Um, and I want to start with um, one. So in the summer, we brought Shout Live to Rochester. And a lot of people have been in my mentions about getting to the central New York, Syracuse area. So we've been working on something for a while. And we are finally partnering with a great place. I'm so excited about this. We are going to Sterney, uh, Turning Stone Resort Casino in Verona, New York, uh, next Thursday night, December 21st. Shout Live is coming to you from their all-new New York Rec and Social Club, located right inside Turning Stone Resort. Uh, it's about 30 minutes east of Syracuse. The venue will open at 4 p.m. that day. I will be there for the four hours before the show. So, all of our central New York shout fans, Bills Mafia, come out and hang with us uh, uh, Thursday, December 21st at Turning Stone Resort Casino. Ryan, we are so excited about this. Man, I am so pumped up for it. I'm getting in the car uh, Thursday afternoon, making the almost four hours jaunt out there. Cannot wait to, to see some Bills Mafia members from central New York at uh, a live show, which they've been asking for. And we have some more news. Shout live. If you, if, you, if you don't live in central New York, we have a big show for you in western New York. 
December 30th. Wingnuts just dropped the news this afternoon. They are opening the Amherst location, 1402 Millersport Highway, this Friday, which means December 30th, Saturday night before the Patriots game, will be the debut of Shout Live in Wingnuts in Amherst. Dude, what a month. We are absolutely ringing in the new year with an absolutely terrific end to 2023. You know, a show before Christmas, show after Christmas, right before New Year's, like you said, we're packing in these live shows in the holiday season and Really excited to get out to Wing Nuts' newest location. Joshua Price asked, "What do you guys have in store for Alaska?" <laughs> uh, we're not there yet. Let's let's work on something. Yeah. We'll uh, give us a call. Yeah, give us a call. We'll try to figure something out. All right, let me set up this show for you tonight. Uh, we are going to get into the conversation about the push for the playoffs because there's so many different scenarios. Ryan and I have been talking all afternoon about all of the teams that are in the mix for the wild card uh, spot, and then you know, the three spots for the wild card. And then the Bills now very realistic push for the AFC East after the Miami Dolphins dropped a game in shocking fashion on Monday Night Football against the Tennessee Titans. I thought, Ryan, and we can, we can start there. Uh, I thought going into that game, all right, that's the, the one you checkmark going in the game. I even mentioned it on the show last week. And I thought, all right, the Jets are tough, but then it really gets tough, tough with Dallas, Baltimore, and Buffalo. And that's where I really thought, you know, you start to tune in and watch. They blew it. Yeah, that was, you know, it, it's funny. They, they were up by two scores with about four something left in the game. And uh, I was downstairs watching. And usually at that point, I'd be like, all right, I'm turning this off and going to bed. But for whatever reason, I'm like, I'm going to stay up and watch this thing play out. And a quick drive by the Titans, the two point conversion using the analytics to get down by six and then a huge defensive stop by the Titans too uh, to get the ball back. And, you know, what an exciting game it was overall. Um, Obviously, they were missing Tyree Kill in terms of that ankle injury. And you saw how, you know, the offense pretty much runs through Hill. And when he's not out there, it does not look anywhere near the same, Matt. Yeah. And I think, like, so the, the title of the show is what would be, what, what's more likely, but then also what would Bills fans prefer? And I think we kind of touched on this at, briefly at the end of last show um, last week. Would you rather them get a wild card spot or actually win the division? And it's really interesting because if you end up playing the Dolphins and you win the division and you host that game in Buffalo, I think that's probably the move just because of the potential weather uh, problems uh, in Buffalo. Now, the Bills are built to, to play in good weather, so I don't necessarily know if that's the big issue. But, Ryan, I think that the way that things set up right now, just looking at the, the end part of the season for the Miami Dolphins and what the Bills have in front of them, the Chargers and the, and the Patriots, or those are wins. I mean, those are two teams that are probably tanking as hard as they can to try to get better draft picks. I think the Chargers probably, probably want to get up as high as they can in the draft to maybe make a run at a Marvin Harrison, trading up a couple spots if they get in the top five, six, seven, uh, depending on if they don't win another game. And then the New England Patriots, they're probably going to be losing for a quarterback here. And I know it's not Bill Belichick, and I know he'll pr probably get the team ready to play. Um, but the Bills have a very advantageous final part of their schedule compared to what the Miami Dolphins have. So I think the, the division is very much in play, like I mentioned last week, and I predicted that they would win. Yeah, you know, you have Easton Stick here coming up on December 23rd and the Chargers. That obviously looks very favorable for Buffalo. Uh, we've, You know, the, the crowds in Los Angeles are not necessarily pro-Chargers anyway, so I think that's going to feel kind of like a home game in itself with 
uh, the West Coast Bills Mafia members that are out there. Then you talk about a Patriots team. And, yeah, the Bills already lost a game to the Patriots this year. So you can't totally write them off, but they have looked absolutely horrendous on offense. They, you know, I know they came out to a hot start last week against Pittsburgh, but by the second half, they really weren't moving the ball. They had pretty much everything figured out. Uh, they were able to just hold on for that win, that being New England. So uh, you do like those two games. Uh, you have the matchup against Miami in week 18 that could have, you know, stakes not just for the division, but also for the wild card. So this game coming up this weekend against Dallas, obviously, is the the big question mark. Dallas coming in riding high, finally, you know, knocking off the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Will that lead to a letdown? Will the weather be advantageous for Buffalo? Uh, we're going to learn a lot about Dallas and the Bills in this game on Sunday. We are, and you know, I, I think we're going to preview this game in a couple of days. But just briefly on the game itself, and why I think the Bills are in a good spot to win it. Sean, Sean McDermott against quarterbacks that haven't played a, a lot against him, I feel like is usually the advantage on the Bills side. Um, I think you know we're going to get into Von Miller and the kind of progress that we saw in the fourth quarter. I thought it was interesting that that's the first game where he wasn't wearing uh, the brace. Whether or not he should be playing is obviously a completely different conversation. And, you know, I went up to Vaughn today in the locker room, as did a couple other reporters, and asked him if he wanted to talk. And he said he indicated later in the week to Elena Getzenberg uh, from ESPN. So maybe we will hear from him before the next game. But with A.J. Epinesa now uh, banged up, dealing with uh, a rib injury where Sean McDermott didn't rule out today, maybe putting him on injured reserve, him or and or Micah Hyde, you know, that's that's two players on defense going up against the uh, Dak Prescott that definitely puts you in a spot where you're like, OK, uh, Von Miller's going to have to play really well. And then Taylor Rapp, who they went out and signed, you know, it's not the perfect ski like um, positional fit, because I think he fits more in line with, you know, strong safety, what Jordan Poyer's asked to do in this defense. And I know that both safeties kind of play multiple spots and everything like that, but a big, big spot for Taylor Rapp. Yeah, huge spot. And, you know, the fact that they're both listed as week to week. Uh, you're not too optimistic about their chances here in these next few games of playing, and that's a big loss in both spots because, like you said, going against Dak, that's a very explosive offense, and you want everyone on your back end healthy. And uh, to possibly be without Micah Hyde would be a, a huge, huge loss. And A.J. Epinesa uh, only played a few series last week, but you saw the impact that he made get his, getting his hands up on a pass, getting the interception, what he's done all season long. So, you know, it, you're right. It, it's Von Miller having to step up. It's guys on the other side as well. Your Greg Rousseau's, your Leonard Floyd's, and it's also your Kingsley Jonathan who will, who would likely be active in the event of Epinesa not playing, uh, you know, getting his opportunity to really step up. They had a really consistent uh, pass rush. I felt, uh, or the D line just in general played consistently against the chiefs. They didn't allow any running lanes from a home. They stopped the run well. And then they got after the quarterback with uh, quite a few hits along the way and, and disruption. So, they need a performance like that against Dak Prescott and not having Epines as someone who's been uh, had this breakout season will, will definitely hurt. You know, wild card versus um, winning the division. You know, it was an interesting comment on social media when I posted the episode tonight was like, well, if you win a wild card spot, you, you have a theoretically easier schedule next season, which I think is interesting, right? Like it's not a ton of games. I think it's just the two that you end up playing with, uh, the other teams uh, uh, divisional uh, ranking uh, alike from your division, but, but still that's something interesting to consider. 
But I think winning the division to me sets up the Bills to or at least get one home game. I think I feel like the daunting task of going on the road each and every week um, for three straight weeks and then going on the road in the Super Bowl. I mean, that that's a lot. And not to mention, like, there's a lot of funny, funky things happening in the in the wild card outlook. First of all, there's several teams that own the tiebreaker over the Bills just in beating them, the Denver Broncos and the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, the Bengals, I think, out of all the teams we're going to talk about here, probably have the toughest road. Um, they have really tough games the next four weeks. Um, Pittsburgh is kind of in that mix as well. We'll get into each team here, Ryan. But I think just from the perspective of getting a home game, even though I think they're built to play on the road, is, is probably the route that you want to take. And, and, it's, and it's totally within – your reach. And I also think it's almost an easier path, uh, you know, than it will be like trying to figure out all this wildcard stuff. If certain teams win. Uh, and I think there's at least two that are probably, you, you should just chalk them up to getting in right now. Yeah, no, I actually agree with that in terms of, you know, easier path. I, I would almost guess that winning the division would be the easier path of the two. And, and listen, I mean, you're banking on Miami losing to Dallas, losing to Baltimore, Baltimore would likely would be playing for the uh, conference's number one seed, trying to kind Ryan, of lock that. I got them losing to the Jets this week, man. Zach Ooh. Wilson, I think, is about to put on another show against a very banged up Dolphins defense. Ryan, we wa- we both watched this game on, on Monday night. On both sides of the ball, what is going on with the strength and conditioning program in yeah. Miami? They got guys on both sides of the ball going down. Yeah, they do. And and listen, I mean, the, the fact that they're without their starting center now for the rest of the year, that's uh, significant. We saw what that was like in Buffalo's first matchup against Miami when Eichenberg was their center and uh, the Bills were able to take advantage of that a few times. So that's a big loss for them. I, I think that comes down to Tyree Kill and whether he can go or not. Uh, if he can go, I still think they can do enough on offense to, uh, you know, uh, defeat the Jets. But if he doesn't play, that really does make this matchup interesting because I could see the Jets' defense really swarming uh, Tua and company and making life miserable, and then you wouldn't need Zach Wilson and the Jets' offense to really have this huge game. I'm not where I'm not there yet predicting a, a Jets win, uh, but I, I do think that the path to a division title is a little bit easier for Buffalo because they already have a head-to-head win over Miami. Uh, and then you mentioned the tiebreakers. I, I, the Bills are just going to be kicking themselves if they don't make the playoffs for that loss to Denver. Uh, the fact that they had it, the fact that, the, you know, then the, I, they let them back into the game. You have the 12 men on the missed field goal. That's that one matchup you want to have because I, I feel like Denver's schedule is advantageous, extremely advantageous down the stretch here. Uh, you know, we were talking a few weekends ago about who do we want to win in this one Bengals game and, that's before I think either of us had much faith in Jake Browning, but he's looked the part through two weeks, and mm-hmm. uh, that's another team you have to worry about. So it, it's definitely very concerning. Yeah, and I don't expect that to continue. It's going to get harder for him. Uh, we sure. saw the the fun story of Josh Dobbs there for a couple of weeks after the uh, signing with, or the trade over to Minnesota, and that thing's come so far off the tracks already. Um, and, and so I don't accept expect that to, to continue. And even if it does, Ryan, I mean the schedule for them is so difficult. Like, so let's look at Cincinnati and Denver to start because those are the two teams that I think, um, number one, the bills lose the tiebreaker with. Uh, but I think like, if you wanted to like put all these teams in a bucket, take Cleveland out because they got that one, uh, they got one more win. 
I think they're the best teams, even without Joe Burrow. I still think with the way Browning has given the plays given you so far, they're really good. So Cincinnati at home against Minnesota, then at Pittsburgh and at Kansas city back-to-back weeks, that is going to be really tough on Jake Browning. We just saw that chiefs defense. We know that the Pittsburgh defense is as good as anybody's in the NFL. And then, Oh, by the way, you finish uh, against Cleveland in week 18. And Ryan, what's interesting about that game, Cleveland could be playing for the division at that point. Like Baltimore, to me, they are not running away with this thing. I, I think Cleveland could be in the mix all the way up into the end, especially with the way uh, that Joe Flacco has looked the last couple of weeks. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because looking at those two specific teams, uh, Cleveland, well, starting with Cincinnati, I have them going two and two in those four games, man. I have them losing to KC. I have them losing to Cleveland. Uh, and you're right. Cleveland has a lot to play for. And, you know, Joe Flacco has not looked like a 38-year-old, I believe, quarterback who's been sitting on his couch for the majority of the season. He obviously kept himself in great shape. I think the fact that he wasn't signed anywhere for so long was probably did wonders for him and his arm. The fact that uh, I think that uh, last year and the, in the last few years, his arm was pretty much shot by the end of the season because he had to throw passes in, in some of these games with the Jets and with these other teams that he was with. I, I think he's pretty fresh and he's looked like it. And that Browns defense is absolutely legitimate. Uh, so I, I see Cincinnati going two and two in that stretch at best. Okay, so we got that. And by the way, shout out to my wife who is a comedian, even when she doesn't try to be. Sometimes, like when I'm really tired for a show, like if I've had a long day or I look tired, she'll text me and say, you know, be peppy on the show, like bring the energy on the show, which I appreciate, which was followed by a picture of the pizza that she just ordered with uh, loaded with pepperoni. So look at her, be peppy. Going and grabbing a pizza? Way to go, babe. Like, so funny. Um, all right. Let's go to the Denver Broncos next. Um, I agree with you. I think two and two, maybe even one and three for Cincy down the stretch. That Minnesota game is sneaky, uh, tough, too. If Nick Mullins could have a week of practice and, and give them some stability, that defense for Minnesota is playing really well right now. So that should be an interesting game. Yeah, right. no, I, I agree. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay, so next let's go to Denver. At Detroit. And then just absolute laughers. They're getting to 10 wins, at least. New England at home, Chargers at home, at Las Vegas. And I know Las Vegas' defense is playing good, but at that point, they're probably going to be tanking for a better draft pick, too. So I just, and I say tanking, I, I get it. These teams aren't tanking, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're not going out of their way. I, I'd, right. I'd imagine there's going to be, you know, there's a lot of guys in that locker room that probably it's hard to get up. And I think actually Tennessee winning on Monday night is huge for the bills because they play a couple teams in here. They play, uh, who do we got here? Um, they play Jacksonville, which I think is interesting because say Houston goes on a run and you need Jacksonville to start losing some games. Again, that gets a little bit funny. And again, from a wild card perspective, the bills are going to be in a, in a tough spot if they're tied with all these teams. They lose the tiebreaker to Jacksonville, who are already, uh, I think it's a game or two games up on them. I got to look at their at their calendar. But they play J- Tennessee and Baltimore, but then Tampa Bay and Carolina. So um, Tennessee, you're going to root for, though, because they play the Houston Texans twice. Uh, I just don't think Denver is losing many games here. Probably the only one in play is, is that Detroit game. Yeah, I have a three and one, and I'm not even sure about that loss that I have them potentially having to Detroit this weekend uh, because Detroit has not looked like the the team that was in the mix for uh, the top seed in the NFC early on this season. They've uh, really struggled last week against the Bears, and listen, I'm here to eat crow. I did not think that the Broncos were a good team 
when they beat the Bills. I thought that was another bad team that beat Buffalo, and Buffalo did beat themselves in that game one way or the other. But uh, they're getting coached up really well by Sean Payton. Uh, I see them going three and one in the sh- down the stretch, and, and that puts them in a really good spot for a wild card uh, for one of those wild cards at ten and seven. So let's theoretically say Cleveland and Denver are wild card teams, right? Mm-hmm. Just because of the the yep. schedule, Cleveland's got that win one up. They play at Houston, Chicago, likely two two wins. I mean, Stroud will probably be back in two weeks. Um, if he's not even able to go this week, which we'll see. But again, I have, we talk about in the show over and over again, Ryan, like I love the CJ Stroud story. He looks legit. He looks great. December football is completely different. And we saw it last week, even before the injury playing up against a really good jets defense that schemed things up against him. That's going to be really tough down the stretch. Cleveland also plays at Cincinnati and then home against the jets. So they got, they can lose two games. Basically they're at eight already. I think if, if you get to 10 wins, uh, that to me is going to be where that wild card dance kind of happens. Uh, and, and we'll see. There's probably, you're not getting in with nine wins this year. I really don't feel nope. that you will. Uh, so Denver gets to 10. We think, we think, uh, Cleveland gets to 10. Then it, it gets interesting because Indy and Pittsburgh are two seven win teams right now whose schedule are schedules are, well, Pittsburgh's is a little bit tougher than Indianapolis's, but Pittsburgh plays Indianapolis, right? This week. Right. At Indianapolis. So I think you want Pittsburgh to win that game. So they go to eight wins. Then they play at home against Cincinnati, at home against Seattle, and then at Baltimore. Home against Seattle is tough. And then at Baltimore at the end where you probably have Baltimore playing for the one seed. That's really tough too. So I I think that you, you want Pittsburgh to win or do you want Indy to win this week? And look at their schedule. Pitt. At Atlanta, which I actually think sneaky is a tough game. Atlanta's defense is really good, and I think their offense got some things going last week. Then it's home against Las Vegas and then home against Houston. So I don't know. It's again, this to me is why you're really rooting for the Miami Dolphins to continue to lose because any kind of tiebreaker situation is going to be really tough. But who knows? The Bills went out, they can't take care of this bit, their business, and all of this stuff is a moot point because I don't think any of these teams that we mentioned of the seven and six teams outside of maybe the Broncos are going undefeated the rest of the way. Yeah, no, I agree with that completely. You know, I think you would want Pittsburgh to defeat Indy this weekend based on their, their schedule. I just don't have that faith in Mitch Trubisky uh, to pull it off with Kenny Pickett already being ruled out for this game. Um, I, I like Indy's schedule down the stretch. I still don't believe in Indy, the team itself. Uh, but back at our last wingnut show, you know, you said you, you like their schedule. You like them to get in. And, you know, you're looking like a wise, wise man there, Matt Perino, because like you just mentioned, Pittsburgh with, with Mitch Trubisky, I see that as a win. I see Las Vegas as a win. Uh, I even have Houston going against Houston as a win. But that could be a very, very good game. So the only other one that's left there is Atlanta. And like you said, they do have a good defense. Uh, they are, you know, contending in the NFC. And I say contending with I have zero faith in them actually making noise in the playoffs. but. That's just such a good road for Indy, and that's what makes this so tough for Buffalo and, and the wild card and, uh, you know, almost having to be perfect. Like you said, they almost have to defeat Dallas and then run the table uh, the rest of the way out to even feel confident about a wild card spot because some of these games left on the schedules are really advantageous for some of the other teams in the mix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, real quick before we kind of move and change directions, take you inside uh, today uh, from One Bill's Drive, some injury updates. Uh, we had a couple of insider questions. Who do you think, if you look at the top of the conference now, you know, um, Baltimore, Kansas City, Jacksonville, uh, and obviously the Dolphins for now, who do you think is the best team in the AFC? And do you think there is a definitive best team in the AFC? Because I think there's a, as crazy as it sounds at seven and six, an argument to be made that the Bills are, are the best team in the AFC. I think the Bills can beat any of the teams that are at the top right now. But I also know that they've underwhelmed at times. They've underperformed at times. Uh, I would give Baltimore the nod, and Baltimore's currently the the conference's number one seed. I'm not sold on them uh, being the Super Bowl team for the AFC. I think that they have some weaknesses. I think that Lamar Jackson, despite uh, you know finally having some weapons at wide receiver, that I watched some of his last few games, he still misses a lot on those passes to to players downfield. Still, obviously, a threat with his legs, still a good quarterback, uh, but doesn't strike fear in you the way a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen does. Uh, we've already talked about Miami and losing that game to the Titans and having all these injuries uh, opens up, you know, a, a lot of issues for them potentially. Uh, Jacksonville has not looked the part the last two weeks uh, with some really disappointing performances. So, to me, I would just have to say that Baltimore would be that top dog in the AFC, but you're right. I mean, talent-wise, Buffalo is right there. Yeah, and I think I just – I really am hesitant to go all in on Baltimore only mm-hmm. because, you know, we've seen this in the past. Now, their defense is a lot better than I thought that they'd be. So I think from that perspective, they're in a really solid place, and, you know, I think they have as good a chance as anybody – to host games throughout the playoffs. Um, and I think Lamar Jackson has been really good this season. Uh, but again, I, I, I don't know when we get to December and January, I just, I want to see it. You got to prove it to me. Uh, side note real quick. Um, Miami jets this weekend. I don't give betting advice out. Like I, I don't get into that business, but man, I got to tell you, I just looked up the line for that game. Jets on the road plus eight and a half. Ooh. I absolutely love that line because I think no matter what we saw it in the Tennessee Titans game I think they keep it close with their defense I think they turn it over the ball a couple times even if it's a low scoring game even if they do pretty well against the Jets offense I don't know I I have a feeling that game's gonna be very close and definitely fair because you saw Tua getting rattled when he couldn't make his first read uh, when there was pressure in his face that big fourth and two play at the end where he tried to uh, you know, get up a little bit of out of the way of pressure. I think he was going to obviously try to run for it, but he got caught up there. Um, he, he just didn't look like himself. He missed some some throws that he normally makes. He had some catches that were made by the receivers that kind of bailed him out on some low throws. But you, you're right. There, there's still some legitimate questions about Miami. And, you know, a few weeks ago, I would have said, hey, you know, I, I get the argument. Miami hasn't beaten anyone good, but they've beaten the teams they're supposed to. Well, now that you lose to the Titans, the team that you're supposed to beat, it, it definitely makes it a possibility that they could drop a game this weekend to the Jets, and then things get a whole lot tougher from for them from there. 
All right, the toughest deal to pass up in uh, Buffalo Bills media right now is the Shout Insider text line. We're giving away a two-week free trial, Ryan Talbot. Everybody's going to get in on this. Gives you access directly to Ryan Talbot and Matt Perino anytime you want to talk about the Bills. Uh, text 716-528-6727. That'll get you the two-week free trial, $3.99 a month after that. Become an insider, and the Shout text line is brought to you by Carrie C. Buyer. Attorney with the law offices of Francis M. Litro, located at 237 Main Street, Buffalo, New York. If you or someone you know is seriously injured, give them a call at 716-852-1234 or check out LitroLaw.com. Um, I'm, I'm pulling up this stat, Ryan, because it is super impressive. And I don't know if we've really talked enough about the season that James Cook is having. Mm. And you look, you bring up the NFL list of all purpose yards for 2023 uh through 13 games and all the usual suspects are there christian mccaffrey at number one tyreek hill number two the bills are going to see him this week cd lamb who i can tell you is a special dude i have him on my dynasty fantasy league and he's absolutely been killer this year aj brown keenan allen travis Etienne. ryan those are the only six players in the nfl who have more all-purpose yardage this season than James Cook at 1,180 yards. He's got 789 on the season on the ground, on pace to go over 1,000, and then uh, he's got 391 uh, as a receiver, really starting to come out in the last couple of weeks. I mean, what do you make of the season that James Cook is having? And, you know, I kind of look back at myself and, you know, say, what were you talking about before the trade deadline when you're advocating for them trading for Derrick Henry? They got an RB1 right here on the roster, and it's a – it's a fit for what they want to do in this offense. Yeah, and real quick side note, man, did Derrick Henry look bad against the Dolphins? And yeah, you know, one game, but it looks like he is just about running out of steam. But you know, James Cook, I I did my encourage worried article this week, and it was let let him cook, and I put that stat in there uh, that he's seventh in the league in all purpose yards. I think he's within ten yards of Travis Etienne. Is he not? Uh, he maybe is, nine yards. Yes, he's he's nine yards behind Etienne. So, he's having this breakout season that's not being talked about enough. And I think the only reason it's not getting talked about is because of the touchdown total. He's not really getting into the end zone a lot. He obviously had one though last week. And since Joe Brady has really taken over the reins here as offensive coordinator, you have seen an emphasis on getting the ball in the running backs hands. And uh, there's, you know, there have been some opportunities where it's been Latavius Murray in, in the passing game, like that play with Josh Allen falling out of bounds and Ty Johnson, uh, and a lot of that has to do with the, the blocking of Latavius Murray and wanting to have him out there for that reason. But I, I would like to see the Bills find a way to up James Cook's uh, you know total snap count and reps. And uh, against a team like Dallas, maybe that's not the week because you, you have Micah Parsons and you you want to have someone back there that can help you in, in pass protection if need be. And Cook might not be that guy. He might be the guy that could go right by Parsons and catch a screen pass for a huge gainer, but... Uh, there, there's still some areas he needs to improve upon, but yeah, I want to see his rep count go up a little bit because he is having this unbelievable season already over a thousand total yards. Uh, we t- made a big deal of it last year when, when Devin Singletary did so. And, uh, you know, cook deserves his flowers as well for doing so in his second year. And I think that he's going to, to stay right in that conversation of top five, top six, all purpose yards by the end of the year, by the way that he's running the ball and how well he has been as a receiver down the stretch for Buffalo. 
Um, Allen was asked, Josh Allen was asked about him today, and he said the more times we get him the ball, it seems like good things happen. So right there, you you see the the trust that's that's kind of developing for him um by the quarterback, which is huge. And you know, I think you know, McDermott talking about him taking a step in practice the last couple of weeks is huge too for them to like have this trust in him that he can kind of go out there and handle the workload, but then also the different responsibilities. It's not just running the ball and catching the ball out of the backfield. There's other things that he has to do on certain plays. And if he's starting to execute that at a higher level and listen, I, the thing with Latavius Murray is, and we're going to get to uh, some of our shout insider questions. That's why I want to kind of get into this a little bit here, but I'll, I will bring up the question. Uh, before we go to down the road, Jack Seminara uh, says a uh, question for the show. Do we think this is a big Latavius Murray or even Leonard Fournette game? The one thing that worries me about Dallas is that pass rush cook is electric with the ball in his hands, but I don't trust him in chip part to chip Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence. So question for the show. Is this finally the week that we see Fournette? Ryan, I don't think that they're going to sit down Ty Johnson, nor do I think that they should. I think he's been uh, somebody that's added a develop or a, a, a dynamic to this offense that's important. To me, it would be if you're seeing enough to flip off of Murray. Now, I don't mm -hmm. think that they are because you know, this is a guy that's called two offensive team meetings this season. Like he's become a leader on the team and, and he's part of the every week situation. We mentioned, uh, I don't know if I mentioned it on the show, uh, I think it might have been on the radio. According to Pro Football Focus, like he wasn't really good in pass protection uh, against the Chiefs last week. So if that's something that they're seeing and you have a Leonard Fournette who's now been in the building for I think it's a little over a month now, maybe you do want to pivot a little bit and, and just say, listen, go to Latavius. It doesn't even have to be like we're benching you. It's like, all right, you put in a lot of work. You, you played all these snaps the other day. We want to take a look at Leonard Fournette. Let's save you a little bit. Let's get him involved. And not to mention that also lets you naturally – lean more on James Cook, which to your point a minute ago, I think that they should be trying to do no matter who else is in the lineup at running back. Like there were snaps as good as much as I like Ty Johnson, where he was out there against the Chiefs, where I was just like, no, put Cook out in that spot. Right. Yeah. So listen, the last two weeks now, Leonard Fournette has put something out on his social media about he just wants to hoop. I think this might be an opportunity, Matt, where he gets to hoop a little bit. Uh, this is This makes a lot of sense to me from the fresh legs, uh, a game in Buffalo where you want to control the clock against a really good Dallas offense. Uh, Latavius Murray, as you pointed out, he's uh, had a lot of reps this season, and he's he's looking his age a little bit at times. Uh, he had the the catch that with the fumble that went out of bounds that was very luckily a catch, uh, and the blocking wasn't great. So maybe you do sit him down for a week just to kind of get a look at what Leonard Fournette can do because at the end of the day, you still want James Cook out there for uh, the, the lion's share of the reps. You still believe in Ty Johnson in his burst. He's shown really good burst uh, when he's been out there with the ball in his hands as a rusher and as a pass catcher. And then you can give Fournette the opportunity to say, okay, you know, they call you playoff Lenny. The bills are saying that every game is essentially a playoff game. Now show us what you've got because uh, I think that you want to put your best foot forward in a, in a game like this, and Fournette might give you that opportunity. Um, let's go through the injury report here uh, that came out today. A couple of updates. We mentioned uh, Epinesa and Hyde earlier in the show. Both didn't practice today. Rib and a neck stinger. Uh, 
Sean McDermott didn't rule out injured reserve for either. They're still gathering more information. That's significant. Kyer Elam, full participant in practice again. But, you know, I, I don't see a path to him getting back um, in the mix here over the next few weeks because everybody's healthy and playing pretty well. I don't see a path to him making the active roster. So I think you kind of string that out as long as you can uh, and then figure out what you want to do after that. Um, Taron Johnson popped up on the injury report with an ankle injury. Dalton Kincaid uh, listed as a thumb injury and a shoulder injury. Both were limited today in a walkthrough, but both on both sides of the ball, I mean, two really important pieces. You're watching that pretty closely throughout the week here. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with Taron Johnson. That's no disrespect to Dalton Kincaid, who has uh, had an outstanding rookie season. But, you know, I, I felt good about how Dawson Knox looked last week, catching everything that came his way. If you had to lean on him more in this matchup, I'm anticipating both still play in this game, but uh, I feel some confidence in, in Dawson Knox to perform. Taron Johnson, though, is, is such a key and pivotal player for this defense week in and week out. Uh, and, and if this was something that hampered him or had him at, you know, 70% or less on the field, that could really hurt this Bills defense in a matchup against Dallas. You know, you could probably get away with it in these matchups against Easton Stick and the Chargers and against the Patriots. But this is a week where you need all hands on deck on that defensive side of the ball. Uh, to the best of your ability. And, and Taron Johnson will play a huge role in this game if he can go. Uh, Justin Shorter, uh, the Bills rookie wide receiver, fifth rounder. Uh, he's been on uh, IR all season with that hamstring injury. The Bills opened his window today. He was listed as a full participant in practice. So they'll get three weeks to look at him. I still anticipate that's going to be um, – a situation where they open it, let him practice with the team for three weeks, then shut him down and call it a day. The Marquez uh, Stevenson model, uh, if you will. Uh, and I know Bills fans are always kind of like, all right, like if he's got something to add, I, he obviously played some special teams. Why not let him, um, you know, come back and see what they can do? But there's nowhere to play him. I mean, right now, I thought that Trent Sherfield in this last game against Kansas City, that was almost like the largest role and I don't know if it's the most snaps he's played all year, but it felt like the largest role he's had in a game offensively all season. And so I just don't think that there's necessarily a path for Shorter to get involved now that Shakir is so um, established in the offense. Hardy kind of gave them a big play, and maybe you start to ask, all right, you see, start to see a little bit more of him. And then Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs still playing 80% of the snaps. Yeah, and it's not like Shorter was like a day-two pick who had this unbelievable training camp. He had a lot of ups and downs. He had some drop issues. He was a late day-three pick. Uh, you know, he, he looks the part in, in terms of the build, in terms of the physicality, but he has a he has a long way to go, in my opinion, in terms of being an every-down type of contributor or a major contributor on this offense. So I agree with you. You open up the window. You give him that redshirt season, essentially. Uh, and then you evaluate him in his second season and you expect him uh, to kind of climb up the depth chart in year two during the summer at training camp uh, and try to make some noise in, in the preseason to earn a spot on not only on the roster, uh, but to also get some meaningful reps on the field too. Um, all right, let's go to uh, special teams department uh, from Teddy. Two questions. I'm going to combine them. Hey, guys, could they bring back Matt Ariza next year, at least to camp? Uh, Sam Martin has been inconsistent and only an 800K dead cap, or has that ship sailed in Buffalo? And that combines with the question from Jay Schroeder. How about some special teams coverage, he asked. Wow. 
for punts is Sam Martin not putting it where they are calling the play to go or do the Bills have an issue with the lanes for coverage? Something we don't talk about uh, much, but definitely has had an impact on the season. Thanks, guys. Keep up the great work. So a couple of things here. Uh, let's start off with Sam Martin, and then we'll yeah. kind of pivot into Ariza. He hasn't been very good at times this year. I mean, there was a punt in the Chiefs game where I felt like he kicked it right in between the hash marks in the middle of the field, didn't have a lot of hang time on it, and it was a free release, and I felt like uh, the, the returner had time to set up his his run. And there's been a bunch of those this year. I think the punter conversation this offseason is going to be very interesting. I don't know if it leads you to a rise and we'll talk about that in a second, but I, I don't know if Sam Martin's the long-term answer here at, at punter for the Bills. No, I agree with that completely. I actually had him in the uh, worried part of my article. Like I always build it in game to kind of get an idea of what I'm going to write about. And then I took him out after, I believe it was his last punt of the game. Uh, the bills were pretty far backed up. He punted it. I think it went out of bounds uh, without any chance of a return for KC. And it was just, it, it did flip the field to a certain extent. It went over 50 yards. If I'm re- remembering this correctly off the top of my head, that one punt said, I said, okay, he, he did at least something good for this team in that game, but there's been way too many cases this season where you're right. It's a line drive type of punt where the coverage team can't get down there in time. Uh, it's giving the returner a chance to really get a good head start and pick up some yards and look for some lanes. Uh, I think there is an issue at punter, and it's something that needs to be addressed by the Bills this offseason. It could be a veteran. Uh, if they wanted to bring in a UDFA after the draft, that's another route that they could potentially go. But uh, I, I do think you need some competition for him as early as next year. Um, yeah, I think you definitely need uh, competition. And uh, Joe Biscaglia is going to be the most excited member of the Bills beat this offseason because I think there will be a Pontapalooza again next year. Now, is it does it end up being Matt Ariza given another uh, opportunity? I don't know. Uh, that you know, there was news today that um, Ariza was uh, dismissed from an ongoing lawsuit and actually removed. Uh, from the lawsuit that it's still pending for the rest of the the folks that were involved in that. Um, but, but I think it's interesting to see where this kind of story goes. Uh, Ariza mentioned uh, in a story uh, over at uh, Fox five, San Diego, that uh, members of the bills organization have been checking in with him frequently over the last year as he's kind of gone through his ordeal. This is from Brandon bean, which kind of, fell underneath the radar a little bit uh, at the end of his press conference talking about Sean McDermott last week. He was asked about Matt Ariza and maybe the comparisons to the Von Miller situation, and this is what he said. It's so hard because if you go back to that situation, we were taking a lot of public heat. There was a lot of, I would say, we did not know Matt as long as they do Von. So um, what you are being told about a person from the college people that we kind of dig on these guys. And we had a little bit of time with him uh, in the spring of that year. So that was a title nine thing that we could get very little out of other than we were reading the same things you guys were reading about the Ariza situation. Uh, And it obviously sounded very, very bad. Uh, We were hopeful that they could put him on the commissioner's exempt list. So even at the time, Brandon Bean would have maybe made a different decision if Ariza could have been removed from the situation. There was a lot of public pressure that was being applied in that situation, but that was not an option because it was only a civil case. Um, Without getting too deep into it, everyone has its own situation. 
we're not perfect, he said about the Bills. So, you know, I, I thought it was an interesting note in there about members of the Bills uh, organization checking in with Ariza. It obviously ended in a bad spot, but he'll be something to watch here in the offseason to see if he does get another opportunity. And, you know, the Bills might have a an opening for uh, a member of the competition at punter. Yeah, I, I don't think the door is necessarily closed uh, with when it comes to Ariza. It, and it's interesting to wonder who those Bills people are in the organization that were checking in on him throughout the year. And now that everything has kind of been, I don't want to say cleared up, but the lawsuits and everything have been dropped, uh, I think there's a path for him to get back to the NFL. I was asked about him recently, and I said, you know, maybe his best path is, is to kick in the spring league, like the XFL, USFL. Uh, combo league show that he you know that big leg is a difference maker uh and then you will have t- other teams that are looking at punters calling i think that there's still that relationship with buffalo i i think that um when when the bills parted ways with him he understood why they did what they did uh so again i think there's probably maybe interest from both sides i'm just not sure that that is the route that the bills will go uh, again, is there something that they would worry about in terms of publicity? And I think that would go away pretty quickly in the case of a punter. But when they released him, it was a huge deal. And even though he was a punter, he was a rookie, though. It was a much easier contract to move on from than a Von Miller, for instance. So th- there's a lot of intangibles in play. Uh, I guess the, the best thing I can say is I don't think the door is closed. Um, you should open up the door to big savings over at Tops Friendly Markets because Tops Christmas Bonus Program is going on right now, and you can be Santa's biggest little helper. Shop for groceries at Tops, and you could save ten dollars on participating fifty dollar gift cards. That's an extra twenty percent savings on all your holiday gifts just for buying your groceries at Tops. Earn one gift point for every grocery purchase you make of fifty dollars or more now through December twenty fourth. Then redeem one gift point at Tops checkout for $10 off a $50 gift card to participating retailers. Uh, Toys R Us, Cabela's, Sony, Fanatics, Kohl's, Best Buy, Panera, Bass Pro Shops, and so many more. Check out topsmarkets.com slash Christmas bonus for more information. All right, Ryan, I think that's going to do it for us. Everybody needs to come out a week from Thursday. If you are a shout listener and you live in in the central New York area, or maybe you're just looking for a weekend getaway and you want to go check out the, the, the new um, space over at Turning uh, Stone, you are not going to want to miss this Shout Live. It's going to be the biggest, baddest Shout Live we have had to date. Uh, I've been told some details about where we'll be actually hosting the podcast uh, inside the venue, and I'm really excited about it. Uh, it's in Verona, New York, about 30 minutes east of Syracuse. Uh, so if you can make it out next Thursday, December 21st at 8 p.m., I'll be there from 4 to – who knows, Ryan? We're, we're sleeping over, by the way, me and you. So right. who knows? We might be shutting that place down. I, I cannot wait, man. I am looking forward to it. Uh, Bills Mafia members in Central New York, join us at Turning Stone. Uh, you know, you've been asking for this live pod in Syracuse, and in the Syracuse area, and we're delivering. We are delivering it, and it's going to be at the New York Rec and Social Club inside Turning Stone Resort Casino, Verona, York, Verona, New York, in eight days. Please do not miss it. Message me if you have any questions or details. And as always, for these live events, come up to us. Let's talk about the bills. Like, let's have a have a drink uh, on December 30th. 
let's eat some delicious wings at Wing Nuts, 1402 Millersport Road in Amherst, the grand debut of Shout in Amherst across from the Marriott Ryan. It is a huge month for Shout. Uh, we can't wait to hang out with all of you. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you on Friday for the preview show. Pretty big game. Bills Dallas. Talk about it. Take care, everybody.